Hi, and welcome back to The Moon Rises 2. I'm Nigel Young, and here on The Moon Rises 2, we discuss the journey to making peace with ourselves by exploring and embracing the darkness within. I'm joined today by a friend, a really cool friend, Makaya. Uh, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, listeners. Thank you, Nigel, uh, for having me on. I am a junior at IC, and I study race, gender, media, art, literature sometimes. <laughs> um, outside of school, I really like to try new foods. I perform poetry sometimes, and I watch really lengthy video essays. Thank you. Yeah, um, highly recommend if you haven't seen Makai perform poetry. If there's ever a time again <laughs> where she's available to perform poetry, I highly recommend that y'all stop by and see her perform because she's very talented. But um, yes, thank you again for being here. Uh, this podcast is back after about a year. Um, spring 2021 was a rough semester. I had a pretty bad like period of burnout. And I feel like that's safe to say with a lot of the student body, like not just that I see, but just in general, um, took some time to recover from that. And I'm glad to be back using this space to speak on different topics again. It's a lot of fun. Um, I also I also feel it's safe to say that like the past two years have been pretty rough, like um, just historical event after historical event after historical event, mm -hmm. uh, nonstop, uh, back to back. But I'm also wondering, Makaya, like how was your spring spring 2021 semester? Because you weren't here on campus, right, when we had the option? No, I was not. I was home getting my life together, <laughs> figuring things out. Um, my spring 2021 was like really important um, in the person that I'm trying to become because it helped me like discover what do I want to become. Um, that was like the point where I was like, yeah, like Zoom school is real and it has impacts and <laughs> you have to treat it with seriousness, Micaiah. Um, <laughs> So that was really fun to do. And it was also the time where a lot of the extracurriculars that I was doing, I took a step back and I was like, is this what I wanna do? Mm. A lot of times the answer was no. So I stopped <laughs> doing things for that semester um, and it freed up more time to do what I wanted to do. So, you know, important. Um, and this, we might be in the same stage, honestly. Like we might be starting this journey over again of like, okay, if not that, then what else? Uh, for this mm. new semester so yeah yeah I really like the sound of that and like that also really resonates with me um, mm -hmm. I was here back on campus as you know for spring 2021 um, I think that's like what made it kind of difficult because like even though we we're here with each other we weren't really allowed to be with each other because of COVID right. regulations which were necessary but yeah I feel like spring 2021 helped me realize like the things that I don't want out of life, as you were saying. <laughs> and so like prioritizing my mental health, my health in general, um, prioritizing my happiness have become things that are very important to me um, or like increasingly important to me. And so we're here talking about like rough times and trying to hang in there and figure out ways to keep ourselves grounded. And that's kind of what we're talking about today. Uh, we'll be discussing some belief systems, not just like them as individual things, but like the concept of belief systems and how we use them as a means of survival, of grounding, of prosperity, et cetera, and this whole human experience thing um, as like strange and divine as it is. Um, 
and for me personally, like when I say belief systems, I don't necessarily only mean like religion, but like spirituality, astrology, manifestation, different things that connect us to some sort of higher power um, or, you know, whatever helps us get through life, if that makes sense. Um, and yeah, how we utilize these things in our everyday lives. Um, so like this conversation that we were having, because this is sort of a conversation we've had, mm -hmm. um, but I wanted to bring it here to elaborate on it. The initial conversation um, was brought about by another conversation that I was telling you about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with my sister. Um, my sister was telling me about human design types. Um, this was a couple of weeks ago and I explained it to you over dinner, it's like sometime before spring break. So my sister was texting me about um, this system called human design types. And from my understanding, your type is determined in a way similar to that of astrological signs, where you get your um, birth date, birthplace, and your birth time, among other things, I assume. And it creates a sort of chart. And you're categorized into one of five, I believe, human design types. And I think I asked you this before, but were you familiar with this before? No, I have never heard of human design types, but like, I love it. I love, a, um, you know, an opportunity to be cataloged by something other than myself. Mm. Like, yeah, tell me about me, please. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so, and that's in a way like what it kind of aims to do. Um, and so from, I believe my sister's take on it, like her personal experience or her opinion on it and learning about it uh, was that it's similar to astrology and the way that the information is collected, but some may see it as something that's more like specific um, to people than astrology might be. And according to the human design system, um, I'm a projector based on like my birth time, place, dates and whatnot. And one of the main characteristics of being a projector is that I often wait for invitations to do things. So this applies to pursuing goals, interests, friendships, careers, relationships, the list goes on and on. I'm usually just like waiting for some sort of green light, some sort of okay from people for them to be like, yeah, you can come along and do this. You should try this. You should um, indulge in this and so on and so forth. And um, I think that's something that often can stand in the way, stand in the way of some things that I pursue. And I think I've explained this to you like briefly before, you and another friend, like how I'm realizing that I guess being in college, but also prior to now, that I feel that I'm constantly like just like waiting to like dip my toe into things like, oh, I kind of want to ask this person to hang out, but I also don't want to like overstep boundaries or move too fast or what have you. And so I, I might miss out on things as a result. Um, but I thought that was really interesting. I was familiar with the name of it, like as my sister had explained it to me. And as I started to look it up more, um, I like became familiar with the fact that I had seen it once before, but didn't know that much about it. Um, but I'm not gonna speak too much to human designs because I don't know that much about it. I'll be honest, I did just think it was fascinating, but I do recommend again, that if people are interested in um, these types of things like astrology, for instance, then it could be very fascinating to you too. Um, yeah, 
but I do find it interesting how we like can use this information about ourselves to kind of get a sense of our direction in life. And one of the things that I took away from our conversation about it, or like my sister's conversation about it, and then talking to you about it, was the sense of resonance that it had. Like I felt like like someone was reading into my life when I when <laughs> I read the, the projector description, and it was kind of scary because it really it really just paralleled a lot of the ways that I thought about life and a lot of the ways that I moved about life and approached different issues. And so it gave me a sense of reassurance in my identity and like how to move forward. Um, and like, this is kind of transitioning into like the discussion I had with you at dinner, um, because uh, when I explained the reassurance to you, um, like the response you gave was like, yeah, totally. Like if, <laughs> if people find things that resonate with them and like make them feel good in, the confusion that is the human experience, then like, why not go for it? Um, and so you brought up the term absurdism, which was new to me. And um, yeah, like validating the fact that it's okay to assign meaning to things. And in fact, that it can actually be very helpful to. Um, so many things happening at once, not only in our personal lives, but in the external, like national, global sense and it can be difficult to find a direction or like keep to a path or a sense of faith or hope for the future um and so if you want to speak more to absurdism yeah i can definitely do that um so the absurdism that i'm talking about specifically emerges with and stop me if this gets like too like technical, historical, philosophical, <laughs> um, academic, theoretical, whatever. Um, but I'm talking about like Albert Camus. He's this French philosopher, um, you know, perhaps 60s, 60s, 50s, 40s, mm. you know, <laughs> happening. But when he's happening, he's like really popular, really trendy. Um, he's like way more attractive than a lot of the other philosophers. <laughs> I, I remember you saying this. This is really important, especially like when you're taking like a philosophy class, it's like your ears perk up when you see something nice, right? <laughs> you're not used to seeing. So you see Camus um, and he's like most well known for his conceptualization of the absurd. Um, and the way that he talks about the absurd is like, um, it comes from this tradition, or his thinking comes from this tradition of existential. I don't know how to say that word. You know how to say that word? <laughs> Existentialism. There we go. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. Um, which is a branch of philosophy um, mm -hmm. that's asking you now, why do I exist? Like, wh what is the meaning? What is the purpose? I got to think about it. I got to think about it hard. Mm -hmm. um, and that, you know, manifests itself in a lot of different ways. What Camus says is that this human instinct and urge to think about, like, why do I exist? And then try to, like, assign meaning to these different things in our world, in our lives, to try to find patterns, to try to make sense, um, all of this that that stands in conflict with the actual world that we live in, which doesn't have like a lot of logic to it. It doesn't follow that many patterns. It's large and confusing and conflicting um, and contradictory. 
Um, and that tension between like what we want and then what the world gives us is the mm. absurd, right? Um, now this could potentially be like really like negative or like um, the anti, the antithesis of affirming, right? Like you right, can, yeah. damn, like nothing means anything. What is, why should I do anything if this has no meaning? But what Camus says is that instead of viewing it as like a weakness or a negative, we view it as a positive. We say, okay, life is absurd. That means that if there's no inherent meaning in all of this, it's up for, to us to make the meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, it's up to us to assign the meaning. There's nothing wrong still with that urge to say um, this, um, I believe in this belief system because this holds a special sort of resonance for me. Like, if that's what's going to get you up and out of the bed each morning, keep believing in it, <laughs> right? Because we are we are going to need something to keep the fires burning, to keep the embers glowing. Um, and this is, you know, paraphrasing Camus. But this is where I'm taking it from his philosophy. Um, so I'll say, like, notably, after our conversation on human design types, I went and I looked it up. And as you said, it's very similar to astrology um, in the sense mm-hmm. that like birth times, birth place, figure it out, all of that math calculation stuff. Um, and we <laughs> do share the same um, sun sign, Scorpio. Yes. Astrology, right? Okay, gang, gang, if there's any Scorpios out there, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> um, unless you're a man. Anyway. So... <laughs> we actually have we have the same human design type too (laughs) i also got a projector (laughs) this might be a little bit funny to you right right because you might say this doesn't really sound a lot like micaiah it doesn't that's that's what i said too this doesn't hmm. (laughs) so you know what i did immediately after that I put it out of my mind and I went mm-hmm. on believing in my silly little star signs and my Scorpioness um, and whatever else in whatever else belief system that I adhere to that uh, actually holds meaning to me. And I say, mm-hmm. okay, that's not for me, but something else might be, um, which is not to say that like, oh, human design types are wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it's just like the purpose that I think that these things are meant to serve that didn't meet my purpose. And maybe right. it meets someone else's, which is okay. <laughs> yeah, totally. And like you bringing that up now, um, how like you went into it, you looked into it with an open mind and you realize, you know, actually, no, <laughs> right? That's okay to say, right? Like these things are open to interpretation. Um, and it reminds me of, uh, I went back to the initial video where I realized that I'd first heard about human design types and I was scrolling through the comments, right? So like the person who recorded the video, the YouTuber was like, yeah, drop your, your big three for your astrology. Like maybe your, your, your human design types, your, like maybe your Myers-Briggs test, like things of like yeah, yeah, those yeah. personality, like life type um, situations. And so someone in the comments was like, you know, I think it's fun, but I don't really subscribe to this because I feel like this is kind of restricting, right? Like, I don't think that it's fair for us to say like there's only quote unquote five or like in the in terms of astrology like 12 types of people in the world or you know and so on and so forth 
Um, and so like, yes, I will drop my stuff. Like they still drop their mm -hmm. big three and they're, you know, and like participated in that activity, but it isn't, it didn't resonate with them. And so they didn't, you know, they didn't engage with that as much. So this person was saying that like <laughs> the reason that they didn't fully subscribe to it is because it kind of didn't leave space for the complexity of the human experience. So like life is confusing, life is jumbled, life is hard to explain. And so how could we like say that based on these certain facts, your life will be on this path. Um, and that's again, fair for people to believe and fair for people not to believe. I think that's what makes this so um, important and integral in like society and cultures, belief systems um, that it's a sliding scale, how we look at it. And some things will keep the fires burning, others will not. And so you don't have to look at those things. Um, one thing that I wanted to bring attention to also in talking about absurdism was that I think in our initial conversation, like I hung on to like this one, like part of a sentence where I think you said like, you were introducing the topic and you were saying like nihilism versus absurdism. And so I was thinking, oh, these things are opposites and they're not. And so I think like you were setting it up and I just like misinterpreted it. <laughs> but, but yeah, so nihilism, or am I right in saying that, that they're not opposites? Not in the way that we would think of like okay. opposites as meaning like completely different from one another. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Perhaps, you know, maybe like not opposites, but like hero and anti-hero right oh, okay. like things that are juxtaposed against one another but there are like similarities there mm. you see the batman you know you know what i'm talking about anyways <laughs> i still have a you've seen that twice now right I is it only it. twice don't put my okay. up there like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, i'm sorry i'm sorry okay. um, go see the batman <laughs> if you're a fan um yeah but uh, so I looked up later on the difference between nihilism and absurdism. And what I found was that, like you said, they're not like totally different, but more so like kind of close to each other, but still have some contrasts. So nihilism, according to Britannica, um, comes from the Latin root nihil, me meaning nothing. And like learning the difference between this and absurdism, um, nihilism states that or it's an emphasis on like a lack of meaning and the lack of purpose in life and existence. And therefore there's no real point in looking for one. Um, and so this concept originated prior to the 19th century, like the, the German philosopher, Friedrich Nietzsche, 19th Nietzsche. century. Yeah, oh, you're familiar. I'm very familiar, yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> I <am. laughs> Cool. I spent a lot of time with Nietzsche. <laughs> uh, oh, what's, Cause have you, you, have you taken philosophy courses or has it I just have, been? yes. <laughs> oh yes, you, I think you yeah. have mentioned this. Okay, um, okay good I, to know. Yeah, <laughs> but I've spent a lot of time with Nietzsche okay. in particular. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, so then like, please let me know if any of this is like incorrect or like yeah, not, yeah, like not stated correctly. But nihilism originated before Nietzsche who's a 19th century German philosopher. So like the concept of it or like the term for it had existed prior to him. But I think the way that we view it in like Western society is through the lens that he created. Like life doesn't really have meaning or purpose, um, morals, morals, values, 
these things are somewhat arbitrary. Um, and so it's this philosophy that kind of relies on the fact that we don't know what we're doing. And so maybe we shouldn't have to try to figure that out or assign meaning to things. Um, whereas absurdism like leaves space for pos the possibility that like, yeah, like, you know, we don't know what we're doing, but we could always try to make something out of this and like assign things based on how we feel about them. Um, do you feel that's fair to say that like those things are like closely related, but like still different enough? Yeah, honestly. So one of the things with nihilism mm -hmm. is that it's the way that we use the term is um, set in like a specific um, time, right? Like mm -hmm. a concept of time. So when Nietzsche is talking about nihilism in this, as you stated, like you are correctly, this, you know, meaningless, <laughs> right, yeah. of life and existence and like, yeah, he's also, he's anti-moral. One of his most famous books is like Beyond Good and Evil. Um, mm -hmm. He's like very much against like what we might now call it like these socially constructed um, ideas of like behavior and how one should live and this and that. And this is what Nietzsche is talking about in the 19th century. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, most definitely. But one of the things with nihilism that is like a relatively recent thing that we put onto it is that when Nietzsche is envisioning nihilism, he means this to be empowering. Like uh, he yes. wants you to take nihilism and go like, oh, wow, like I can be beyond good and evil. I am, you know, as he might say, the ubermensch, the superman. Like mm -hmm. I am like you know, and that, you know, that could be very problematic in terms of like individualism. <laughs> what do you mean you're Superman? Uh, notably, Nietzsche's work um, was like heavily influenced um, Nazi thinkers. Um, he wasn't a Nazi himself. That's a misconception for any mm -hmm. of my philosophers out there. But like his work definitely like if you're a Nazi and you read his work, you're like, yeah, that makes sense to me, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it wasn't hard to make the jump, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> but um, when he's writing, he really does, because he's also, like, very, um, he's depressed. <laughs> he's, mm. right? This is important. He has a lot of um, mental illness issues that we would now identify as those things, but back then it was just like, yeah, he's feeling down, but like right. for his entire life, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right, yeah. So when he's writing, he doesn't mean this to be like, be resigned to the will of the universe and like, you will be broken down by the um, unanswerable questions of life. Like, mm -hmm. he's like, no, please, like, I need this to be like, <laughs> I feel restricted by the <laughs> codes of our life right now. Mm -hmm. And I want to move beyond that. Um, so that's what he's talking about when he's talking about nihilism. Um, so we might then draw the link there to absurdism, which once again, admits that mayhaps there's no meaning there. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, not even just like leaving space for the possibility um, that there might not be meaning, but like kind of flat out saying like, Albert Camus, I don't think that this means anything. I don't think that this is following any sort of logic or like A to B to C, but guess what? <laughs> but I still need something to believe in. <laughs> that 
and this once again like goes back to like that self-affirming imagine like you're just feeling really down and it's like okay whatever I've recognized that end is not something that's going to like make me feel good <laughs> about my life and so I'm going to construct something else or I'm going to take in something else mm-hmm. so like really like in our current ways of using the term nihilism and what we might understand absurdity to be, yeah, they seem like much more oppositional. Um, But if you go to the root of how like, especially these specific philosophers are using these terms, really, I would say that they're born out of the same urges and they do like, they just go to different ends. They go to different conclusions kind Mm. of. (laughs) Was that confusing? No, no, that was very enlightening. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for shining a light on that. Um, yeah. And for like clarifying that. Um, because like, I think on the surface level, or like you said, like they're born of the same uh, sort of urges or like philosophies or like schools of thought maybe. Um, yeah. But like they're going into different <laughs> like branches pretty much yeah. and they end up in yeah, different yeah. places. Um, and so like, when I was thinking about the differences between them, I was thinking of like atheism and agnosticism. Mm -hmm. And so I like admittedly, like I'm just using these to draw the connection. Like these aren't interchangeable like philosophies or beliefs. But um, if we think about belief, like faith, um, belief in some sort of higher power, what have you on on like um, a sliding scale, like I said before on some sort of continuum, One might say that like atheism, the belief that there is no God or like higher power is on one end. And then agnosticism, which is like, like, yeah, saying, I don't know if there is, I don't know if there isn't. Right. Mm -hmm. But I, because I don't have enough information to say either, I I can't make like a clear, like set decision. Um, And so like putting those two things maybe on like, they're both on one side of that continuum, but they're still like not the same thing. Um, And like, even then there's like probably a gray area between the two where people might like find themselves in between agnosticism and atheism in the same way that people might find themselves in between nihilism nihilism and absurdism. Mm -hmm. And I think that like the way that I've thought about belief and like faith systems and whatnot, um, I think that's, it has evolved over time, most notably over my time in um, college, because I feel like in my head, spirituality as a whole is like one umbrella and then things like religion or astrology or like human design or like things like that that fall underneath those, underneath the umbrella of spirituality, um, like in their own individual ways. And I think coming into college, like, my understanding of religion or faith um, was that you either believe in something or you don't. Like it's a check, check this box if yes, check this box if no. Um, And there's no like, I don't know, there's no short answer, there's no other. It's like this or that, a very binary sense of it. Yeah. Um, And I think like being exposed to different um, views of different things like different views of like spirituality has made me understand like, oh, I don't have to make a choice. Like this is not something that like 
you know, we, we need you to have an answer for this. We need you to have um, a set alignment, a set identity with this thing or that thing. It's just, you know, does this resonate with you? Okay, take a little bit of this. Does this resonate with you? Okay, take a little bit of that. And, you know, putting those things together and having them become then like integral values of your life yeah. um, and how, how you approach things, I think is really cool. Um, yeah. And so I, oh yeah. Oh, sorry. Were you going to? No, no, no. Continue. Oh, sorry. Okay. Um, one thing that I don't like about Zoom is that I can't <laughs> always like tell because we're not <laughs> like you, we rely on like body signals to body language <laughs> if someone's yeah. about to. Right. Um, but the other thing about this is how we think about like beliefs like atheism or agnosticism, where I think sometimes these are left out of, com like same thing with absurdism, nihilism, I'm assuming, are left out of conversations about belief and faith, because mm -hmm. to some people they might just be viewed as, well, you don't believe in quote unquote anything. So then mm -hmm. like you're, how are you part, part of this conversation about religion? But that in and of itself, like the belief of the lack thereof is right. the, yeah, is the overarching thing. So I think it's important to keep like the doors open, um, not only in like how we view them, but how we like engage in discussions about um, different philosophies, um, like regardless of where they are on this sort of continuum, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I really appreciate that you brought in atheism and agnosticism um, into this conversation. I don't... <laughs> I was thinking, I have a point, but I don't want it to muddle your metaphor. Like, so okay. I'm going to do a bit of that, right? <laughs> but one of the things um, when we're thinking about Nietzsche and Camus, one of their points of divergence that makes them like separate philosophies is that what Nietzsche says is like, with religion specific, he really hates religion. Like he oh, okay. really hates oh. <laughs> he hates it for real. Like <laughs> he says that is a bad to human humans. Like it's mm -hmm. making us worse. That's his whole thing. Okay. Well. Um so he's like more so like a person that's like, yeah, like if you believe in this, like no, you're denying yourself. You're denying yourself of the full human experience. Wow. Um, and this is what's causing our problems. Whereas Camus, I, I can't say that I know what he thinks about religion. <laughs> but okay. specifically within the context of like the absurdities of life, um, there's kind of a sense that like we all believe in something, whether or not you call it religion mm -hmm. um, and whether or not like there's like a theistic being that you're identifying um it's like we even like atheism <laughs> that's hilarious even atheists and agnosticists mm. believing something um and it's important to like acknowledge that as you were saying because mm -hmm. it's a part of the conversation so one thing that i think of like for example you know you and i we're two beings in a western capitalist world mm -hmm. um to some extent, we have been trained to believe in capitalism. Okay. Most of yeah. the people around us believe in capitalism. 
Um, now they may not know exactly what is capitalism, what exactly does that mean? <laughs> but we all believe in like this myth of hard work and like, um, if I put in enough time on this thing in a specific way, and if I behave and I get my education and I go through these steps, then that will result in me having more money to purchase a home and take care of my family and this and that and this. And it's like, we have so many examples, like that has never worked. It wow. will never work for most of us. Like very few segment of the population achieves that. And mm -hmm. it's very, very small. We live in a society. <laughs> we live in a society. <laughs> society, period. But no, we literally, <laughs> but no, like we literally hold this belief, like as we're like, crossing the street and like seeing homeless people like laying on the ground like mm -hmm. we'll, we'll still hold these two disparate truths of like oh that just means that they didn't try enough mm -hmm. or maybe you don't say that out loud right but you're still thinking that there must be some connect and it's like no like that stuff literally doesn't matter <laughs> right right like how hard you try in school is not half as important as how much money your family has <laughs> like right. we oh, know wow. this <laughs> right? okay. but somehow we're still like yeah i gotta stay up in the library working like <laughs> and it's like yeah we all believe in something <laughs> these are real like oh, these are gut punches right oh, here <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, these are punches i've like had before but yeah. it's just like I'm just not, I feel like it's, <laughs> we live in a society, we, we do, yeah. where like capitalism as a belief, um, as a system is the norm, like in Western society. Um, and so it's just like, this is what you do, right? These are the yeah. things, this is more or less like what's getting us out of bed, what's getting me out yeah. of bed. Like, I gotta go, I gotta go. I have <laughs> to go do work, right? Go do work hopefully get a job, ascend the like the social economic ladder and, you know, build wealth for my family. Like, mm -hmm. As if we're okay, the first yes. people in like, our families to think this, right? Right, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. As right. in everyone in our family said, yeah, I'm going to be the one that's going to bring my family out of. <laughs> like no one wakes up and it's like, yeah, I'm going to keep my family in the lower classes today, right? <laughs> right, yeah, and like, and that's not to say that like strides haven't been made over generations, yeah. but like for each of us as individuals to be like, no, we're all of a sudden going to be billionaires. <laughs> yeah. Like hopefully this is like the thing that makes life okay. And, you know, makes all of this jeopardization of my health to, you know, to be staying up or mm -hmm. to like be getting not great sleep. Um, hopefully these things will be worth it in the end. And then sometimes they're not because this isn't really how people are meant to function, period. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, so it's just not healthy. But um, <laughs> to, to circle back to our kind of, I think this kind of, like we could also connect this to capitalism, like for better or worse, like the idea of um, like having belief systems keep us grounded or what I was thinking of was like, how you said Nietzsche was introducing nihilism as a way to empower people, 
to, yeah. to like ground them in their freedom of choice of will um, yeah. in their everyday lives. Mm-hmm. Like I can understand why people might look at nihilism and be like, oh no, so how are you supposed to, how are you supposed to get up in the morning? And like, <laughs> you know, what's driving you to be here pretty much. Yeah. But I also can understand how it is a point of like solace and mm-hmm. comfort to know that, you know, we don't know what we're doing. And like the admittance of that, like being able to, to sit with that and know that it is most likely true um, yeah. or that it is true um, and <laughs> um, just taking that for what it is and going through life without putting so much weight or meaning on things because you don't have to. Um, and arguably also the same thing with absurdism, providing that sense of comfort in that if nothing matters, then anything can matter if yeah. you want it to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes the pushback when it comes to discussions of belief systems, of human designs, of religion, of nihilism, absurdism, you know, the list goes on and on. Um, it's that we want people, like in trying to get other people to believe what we also believe, it's, I think, partially an effort to be validated in that belief. Yeah. Like, humans are social creatures we we seek validation we seek community and so if i'm an absurdist or if i'm a nihilist and i would like or i I believe in human design types or whatnot it's it would be behoove me to find others who also do and like make a community out of that because it it feels good to say i believe this this works for me and to share it with someone and have that person say, yes, I also believe this. I also believe in X, Y, and Z. And yeah. like to create a connection over that. And I think in having that sort of conversation with others, it makes our beliefs that much more real. And it that you know fuels that fire, fuels yeah. that everyday motivation, um, which is really inspiring. Um, I think that it, it makes sense for us to, to again, to look at, any belief system on some sort of scale, on some sort of continuum, and to just take things um, that matter to us and to, to run with them. Yeah. Um, and it's important to, yeah, to just like take things that resonate with us and do as we please, if yeah. that makes us feel good. Yes. I would also add that I'm thinking about this um, And of course, like, this is not to say that this process is easy and that there are not like implications. And I think that that's something that um, can be lost. Like when you're talking about, okay, like life is meaningless. So, you know, anything can have meaning and I can do anything and whatnot, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, these things have like often like material repercussions, (laughs) right? (laughs) Like, for example, going back to our example of capitalism. Yeah, if you say, okay, I'm not going to school anymore, <laughs> guess what? <laughs> doesn't doesn't always turn out great in the myth that we think that it might, that's individualism. So I, I do want to also emphasize that there is like a dimension here or that there's the potential for us to like go into like these, like, as you were saying, like humans are social creatures um but sometimes we get into these really individualist modes of being where it's just like 
me, mine, what I believe, what I think. But mm-hmm. one of the things that we should do and could do is like me, mine, <laughs> what I think, and also what we think, community, and holding space for difference and actually making the effort to go out and seek people who have different beliefs than us and actually like weigh them against our own and do like that dialectic of like, what do you think? What do I think? What might be true? Perhaps it's somewhere in the middle. Perhaps it's not. It's not always somewhere in the middle. Sometimes someone is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) There should be space for that sort of development. Um, But in the meanwhile of like just being like a person and just trying to get through the day, yeah Mm -hmm. believe in your silly little buzz feed quiz because i do like (laughs) when they're like which glee character are you i'm like yeah i am you know santana that's who i am (laughs) it makes me happy and it gives me pleasure and it's one of the things that like (laughs) you know you get to have a little fun you get to have a little little spice in your life (laughs) so yeah yeah, absolutely. Um, and something else that I'll mention really quickly is that you mentioned we we have the same um, sun sign, <laughs> astrological. That we're both we're both Scorpios, yeah. and like that doesn't mean that we're like the exact same person, right? Like it doesn't mean yeah. that. Yeah. So like all these things, as you as we've said, are open to interpretation. Um, like again, like a community um overview of what what we believe like what's what's validating us what's driving our experiences um is always a great conversation to have and something to consider but um oh yeah. wait yeah. on the topic of astrology because i feel bad for my astrologists out there we just want to assert that we know that there's more to astrology than the sunshine the sun the yes. whole birth chart and they combine and interact all of these different positions mm-hmm. and they all have different meanings and like i respect y'all astrologists yes yes this it is very fascinating um i also second that very surface level <laughs> understanding of it yeah 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 i know my big three and then like my venus and maybe that's it and i know that there's a lot of other things yeah, yeah, yeah. play into that um so yeah a whole bunch of other factors that i know that you have to leave soon Makaya. <laughs> so, okay <laughs> yeah but um is there anything else that you'd like to impart if not then no. we can Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. And it was good talking with you today. Thank you so much again for joining me, Makaya. This has been a really great um, and interesting conversation. And I also like implore others to to, like think about this or like engage with others on this topic because it is so expansive. Um, I'm Nigel Young, and this has been the third full episode of The Moon Rises 2, an Ithacan podcast. Feel free to check out all of the Ithacan podcasts at theithacan.org or wherever you can listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate that. And until next time, remember the sun rises, but the moon rises too. Take care and have a good night.